G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast. Of course, uh, week two of the finals have been and gone and it was a fantastic effort by the umpires in both matches. But uh, to help us uh, get through it, uh, let's get into the intro and then uh, we'll introduce our panellists. G'day everyone and welcome to Crowcast Weekend Wrap Finals Round 2 or Week 2 I should say. Happy Father's Day to everyone who's joined us uh, tonight and everyone who's listening uh, on uh, YouTube and also picking us up on Discord and even Twitch uh, and also the Spreaker Live Audio. Uh, hope you had a great day everyone and uh, Maka, hope you had a great day too mate. How are you going? Oh, a bit overwhelming, mate. All a bit too much, but you know we'll recover. And Nick, <laughs> did, did I'm you, here. Uh, did you uh, spend Father's Day with your uh, beloved father? <laughs> uh, no, I got a phone call from him going, "Where are you?" <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but happy Dad's Day. <laughs> yeah. No, still, still, still a little bit under the weather because as as we were talking earlier, I had my first jab on Friday. But all good. I'm leaving that alone. Um, welcome, as I said, to everyone who's. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go there yet, Faith. That's how slow I am tonight. Uh, g'day to everyone who's joined us on Discord <laughs> and YouTube. Uh, don't forget on Discord tonight if you want to join us with some live interaction. Uh, get around the live studio audience, stick your hand up and we'd be happy to have you on board. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. Uh, a couple of, well, one really, really good finals match and one not so good uh, finals match, both heavily impacted, in my opinion, by the umpires. Um, but uh, what did you think, Mac? Well, I think where you come from, in, uh, whether you're a Victorian or not, the Victorian team or not, seems to be... Uh have uh, some influence with the umpires, I think. I think in both games, I thought the Victorian team was very heavily favoured. And, and and I don't mean that they were like a, a robbery thing, but I mean, but every time there was a dubious decision uh, and you get maybe six, eight, ten of them a game, they all went one way. Nick, how'd you see it? Oh, yes, very much uh, favouring Victorian sides. Um, how the hell did that umpire miss the throw from Dangerfield when clearly you can that... see the umpire in the vision there? <laughs> Even if he wasn't in the perfect vision, which he was, you can still tell that was not a legal disposal out. Oh, and they end up getting a goal out of it. That, that's the problem is when they're letting things like that go. And then I think it was only about two two minutes later, they called a throw for GWS. Oh, so you're calling it for one side but not the other. Okay. And okay. there was so many pushes called for Giants that weren't called for Geelong and it was horrible. Yeah. And the Lions-Bulldogs game was similarly horrible, inconsistent and, uh, 
just uh, if I was a, a Lions supporter, I'd be throwing my hands up in despair, honestly, because it was free kick Bulldogs, in my opinion. Yeah, they have every right yep. to be upset, I think. I saw some uh, stat, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong on the actual numbers, but uh, apparently throughout this f- final series, uh, frees four Victorian teams and against uh, and four uh, interstate sides, uh, 66 to 38, I think. Yep, that's that's about it. Yep. And and these are the top sides for the year. You would actually think, you know, they're both playing. They're all playing similar styles, etc. Yep. Yes, everything gets heightened and lifted in the finals. They tend to be a little bit more ticky touchwood, yep. uh, where they'd normally let things go. But if you're actually saying these these teams are fairly even, which is what we've actually seen throughout this year, yeah, which means. You'd think that infringe about evenly, not half one way, not so, double. The on one uh, side. The other. icing on the the icing on the cake was that blocking free against McInerney in that last few minutes of against really? Western Western Bulldogs, which basically gave the Bulldogs possession when they needed to get the ball forward, and they'd been losing the ruck all night. And the umpire just said, "Here you go, have a forward fifty entry and see what you can make of that." I couldn't, was, could no not believe friend. it. Could not believe it. He, no. he really did do it, though. <laughs> but no, he didn't. He, he, mistimed, he mistimed his jump. It wasn't a block. He completely mistimed it. But, it, but he looked at, as soon as your eyes look at your opponent, That's ridiculous. you're done. That's ridiculous. I, I because know, if, you're, if, you're, if you mistime your run, you have to reset yourself. And the first thing you do as a ruckman is to see where your bloody opponent is. It's not a block. Precisely. Yeah, Precisely. But the umpires are taught that if they take their eyes off the ball because they're being taught by people who actually don't know football, then it's a free kick. It's a shocker. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. We could probably go on all night uh, about that, but let's not make it an, an umpire's podcast. Um, now, Nikki and Mackie, Ma- Nikki and Mackie, Nikki and Macca. <laughs> I assure people that I haven't been drinking all day today. Um, no, no, not at all. We've only got two matches to talk about, so I'm setting us up for a one-hour podcast. What do you reckon? Let's oh, go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So first game, let's have a look at the Cats versus the Giants, shall we? Um, as I just zoom in here, and it was Geelong 15-13-103, 35-point winners in the end to the Giants, who I just think didn't have enough petrol left in the tank. 10 goals, 8, 68. And they march through to a uh, a preliminary final against Melbourne next week. Yeah, look, um, I think this game was actually lost even before the first bounce. Um, Toby Green put a great big hole in it. And uh, then when they lost uh, Hogan up from full forward, they really had no centre-half forward. They had no full forward. That's GWS I'm talking about, obviously. Yep. And then Leon Cameron compounded it by taking Taranto out of the midfielder, who's, who I would still believe is his best, uh, best midfielder, put him up in the forward line, and uh, he had no impact up no, there I at all. I couldn't understand he, that move. Yeah, and he left him there until I think it was the last quarter, I think, uh, which was a poor coaching by Leon Cameron in that respect. Uh, having said that, I don't think that GWS really had a genuine chance, as I said, once Green and once Hogan went. Um, yeah. It, it started off, you know, 
First quarter was competitive, but Geelong got a couple of goals and then they held that margin up till half time. But it was the third quarter when they actually broke away and they went to a five goal lead and eventually won by just under six goals. And, you know, the uh, trio forward that the big vaunted trio actually worked this time and you had Hawkins kicking five and you had Cameron got two and Rowan got two and they got nine goals just from that alone, from those alone. So, um, yeah, they had. If you have a look at the entries, the entries were identical in terms of numbers. I think it was 49 entries each into the forward lines. And uh, one team had players that could actually score and the others had, uh, well, they didn't have a forward line, as I said. And uh, look, really, I would be not with Taranto being so quiet up forward and not scoring. Keep him on the ball, at least push the ball down them, and somebody may get a, get a score. But... Um, no, I think on paper it was lost before the game. That's my that's my view, anyhow. Yep. Um, let's have a look at some head to heads. Uh, Geelong three fifty five disposals to three twenty five. Uh, very kick heavy in that uh, in that number two twenty three kicks to one thirty two handballs. Uh, both teams had forty nine inside fifty. So uh, I think it was more about the quality of ball getting into the Geelong forward line than anything else. Uh, uh, Geelong were also far more efficient with the ball, 75% opposed to 67, um, and obviously more efficient inside 50, as you'd expect. Free kicks, 24 to 17. Um, Geelong slightly uh, favoured in the ruck contest. I thought Mumford looked tired, and uh, yeah. no, no surprise to see him hang up the boots. He, he played a lot more than what was expected this year, but uh, the Giants will be on the hunt for uh, a ruckman, so... Uh, Kieran and Riley, uh, get your managers on the phone. Uh, clearances were pretty <laughs> even, notwithstanding. Uh, 10 to 9 in the centre and 31 to 34 around stoppage. Uh, possessions, uh, contested possession fairly even, but uncontested possession, uh, Geelong up by 24 or, or thereabouts. Uh, won a little bit more of the ball on the outside and controlled play in general, I thought, a bit more than uh, than GWS. Um uh, the, those possession heat maps are quite interesting. You can see Geelong uh, dominated their possessions around, like was very even spread, whereas GWS was quite concentrated through the middle of the ground. Um, I haven't seen that configuration before. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, tackles, uh, GWS certainly didn't give up. Uh, 68 tackles to 59, tackles inside 50, 15 to 7 in the Giants' way as well. Um, so statistically there wasn't much in it uh, from a head-to-head perspective, um, but it just seemed like, uh, in my opinion, Geelong just were more settled with ball in hand and were able to control the play, whereas the Giants, I think, were a little bit more... Uh, rushed and uh, got their scores from individual efforts more so than good team play. Yeah, couldn't argue with any of that. Did you yeah, admit? I mean, they, yeah, they absolutely played into Geelong's hands with the way they were um, rushing it to, to bring it forward and just bombing it in, which on that slightly wider ground suits Geelong better. Um, and... It was just frustrating to watch their continual bomb into the forward line. And you're right, uh, Macca, they absolutely lost it before the game with just the loss of Hogan. I mean, Green, just purely on his own, without Green there, I thought they they weren't going to win. 
but with Hogan going out and yeah, just and how they set up was just wrong, mm. completely well, wrong. I don't know whether they had a lot of choices, to be honest with you. No, um, but I would have made the move on Toronto a lot earlier. Um, Absolutely, I don't know whether he was the right player to go down there. To be honest with you. Um, and they lost so much out of the middle. He's been probably their most consistent midfielder all season, I would have thought. Um, and to take that player out of your rotations and sit him up forward and have essentially no impact on the game for a large portion of the game, Mac and Nick. Um, again, evidence to me that Leon Cameron isn't up to it um, and uh, has been kissed on the backside by a fairy with uh, an amazing list and a ton of concessions and he hasn't been able to make that work. And... Um, yeah, uh, it, I find it a bit gobsmacking that he's there for another two years, I think it is. Um, but uh, he won't win a flag with them. I don't think so. Uh, a quick look up, at, uh, look at some individual stats. Um, won't spend too much on this. Lockie Whitfield is an out-and-out champion. Uh, 34 disposals, didn't give up all game. 11 no, contestants. I can, make, I can make one comment on Whitfield. He, he is an absolute champion, there's no doubt about it. And he looks like he does it so easy. And because he looks like he does it so easy at times, you think, well, why isn't he doing more? And uh, Which is a harsh judgment when you're judging the bloke who was probably their best player. Yeah. But, uh, but he does disappear sometimes for a few minutes. Um, but when he's... Yeah, when that's he's when he's on the having... bench. <laughs> no, I'm talking about even on the field. Uh, he sometimes just goes quiet for a couple of minutes. But um, anyhow, look, he was easily their best player, yeah. Uh, a big indicator of um, uh, Geelong's uh, reconfiguration after last week uh, was the amount of ball that Zach Tui got. Uh, he really assumed the role, in my opinion, of uh, what's his Stuart. name? The uh, Tom, uh, yeah, Stuart, the the guy that uh, is out, um, got thirty one touches off running around off half back and running around like an unregistered dog. Really, probably assisted by uh, the Giants' configuration up forward. Um, but they're not going to have that luxury next week, but it worked for them against the Giants, and he was he was a good player sweeping up across half-back. No, top player. He had a really he had a big influence on the game. Yep. Uh, Menangola also played very well. Uh, he's one of those players that if he's up and about, um, things seem to go Geelong's way. Um, Hopper was good for the Giants. Uh, Kelly also good for the Giants. DeBoer, I thought, did a pretty reasonable job on Dangerfield for mo- for the most part and got 23 yeah. touches himself. Yeah, I thought he did. Well, he got more touches than Danger did. And yeah. as you know, da- Danger's possessions usually go to the other team anyhow. So, um, <laughs> no, I, th- I think he did an excellent job on him. Yeah, uh, Danger only with the 20 touches was relatively quiet um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he goes next week, uh, looked to be getting played up forward a fair bit, Dangerfield, for one reason or another. Uh, and you can see there, Tarando, 20 touches. Uh, what a waste. It's probably 10 down on his usual. Yeah, no, absolute waste. He was wasted. Yeah, uh, Inquisitor in the chat says uh, they're missing a fair stack of players. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Inquisitor. Um, they were on a hiding to nothing. Um, but I still don't rate Leon Cameron as a coach. I put him in the Chris Scott category, actually. Yeah, um, I agree with both, both those comments. Right. Uh, 
Look, and, you know, I mean, Geelong did it without big contributions from Dangerfield and also Selwood. Selwood only with the 14 disposals and looking every much a man on his last legs. Um, but the the one for mine that was a worry for GWS is Coniglio. Uh, only the 14 disposals as well. Um, hasn't his form gone south? Well, he, he had injuries, of course. Uh, yeah. Didn't he? Do it? He did an ASL. Uh, ACL. Yeah. Uh, the man, the man was a star going back about three years ago. He was yep. the number one champion. player. And yep. He, and he, a champion, yeah. But um, since he's had that, that injury, no, uh, no, he's not the same player. And um, whether it's a lack of confidence, lack of belief, or whatever, but he's yeah, he just looks a very ordinary player now. Yep. So, uh, you know, a pretty even performance by Geelong. I think they got their structure right. I think Giants made it easy for them um, and were relying on their stars to get them over the line, and I think that was just too big an ask uh, in the end. Um, So uh, they bow out. Um, You know, probably did well to get as far as they did given the topsy-turvy season that they had this year. Um, But... uh, they're going to have to go to the world, the Giants. Um, they're, they're down a ruck. Um, argue whether they're potent enough up, up forward. Um, but I, and they oh, seem well, to lack a bit of depth, surprisingly. But on the other side on the side of the coin, though, they do have two young up-and-coming ruckmen who I think will end up being fairly good guys, and they're big guys. Uh, so uh, Mumford will probably retire for the third time, and those guys will actually get a chance to play all season. Um, that, that was the first point I was thinking about. And secondly, I read that they'd been on the road for, uh, away from home, away from their partners for 73 days, and um, that in itself is a massive disadvantage. Is it? Well, I think you look, you're looking for the example for the, the match coming up with Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide are sitting there for three weeks. They've been other teams running all around Australia and doing this and doing that, and they've never had to leave home, never had to leave their beds, never had to leave their families, never had to do, leave their day-to-day things that they do. It, to them, they've had it easy. Yeah. They've still got to live in Geelong, though. That's a, that's a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dean, let's go to the next one. <laughs> no, I, I get your point, Mac, I do. Um, Western Bulldogs uh, were disadvantaged too. Uh, in the lead-up, they hardly got any time on the Gabba before uh, before the match, but uh, they ended up getting up anyway. The Western Bulldogs uh, winning in a very, very exciting match. Very exciting match. 11-13-79 uh, to 11-12-78. So the Lions would be di- bitterly disappointed to bow out, but to be perfectly honest with you, I think they're another team that through injury and misfortune uh, haven't got a lot left in the tank, and I think... Both the GWS side and the Lions, had they got through this week, would have been steamrolled in preliminary finals. Yeah, well, look, if you look at Brisbane, for example, there, uh, they were missing two key forwards and good key forwards, um, and they were left really with Joe Danaher, who's you know rolling a dice. Is it going to be a one or a six? You don't really know. Yeah, and Charlie and Charlie Cameron, who um, he, he did pretty well. He got a few goals. Um, not, not definitely not his best game, but he, he played really well. But um, they, had, they, you know, they had a lot, a lot of uh, up forward, and they had a lot of attacks early, and uh, didn't put the game away because, as I said, they were a bit light on. And if you're going to get the Bulldogs anywhere, it's going to be in defence, I reckon. And uh, uh, but 
the Brisbane forward line had been weakened to that particular point with those two players out. Well, plus and, the lad you know, that got belted in the in the scone by Lincoln McCarthy's knee. What was his name again? Yeah. Oh, poor bastard. Yeah. You know um, what I'm talking about. I know. I do know you're talking about. I can't remember his name, but uh, Payne. I'll look it up. Payne. 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 Payne by right. name Payne. and Payne by experience. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Rabbit. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Payne and uh, gee, that was a nasty one he cop. See, that's two and two weeks. <laughs> they lost McStay last yeah. week. Pain this week, um, and you're right, Mark. Um, Western Bulldogs, sorry, Nick. Um, Western Bulldogs were struggling even with a bit of a makeshift forward line for Brisbane, so that does show their vulnerability. Sorry, Nick, what were you going to say? No, I was, I was going to agree with make exactly the same point that it was you know two tall players out of their forward mm. lines for Brisbane in the two finals taken out by their own players. Yeah, yeah. Well, the McCarthy one was very unlucky uh, because it, everyone thought it was in the marking contest, but it was actually when he came down and it was his legs yeah. swinging around as he hit the deck and his knees just copped uh, pain in the in the scone. Um, so uh, that was very unfortunate. And, you know, Danaher's no good running out of the square. He needs to be up the ground, and unfortunately with him up the ground... Um, you know, they had no tall timber. Uh, I thought the move of Harris Andrews forward in the last was excellent uh, by Fagan and it looked and it, like it, it could actually do the job. Yeah, and, and I mean, we talked about it last week that he was atrocious down back yeah. and he was. I think he was very lucky up to the point um, down back again this week that the midfields of... Brisbane had actually done quite a good pressure job so that they weren't getting a lot of clean ball into the forward line. So it made it a bit easier for him because they couldn't go to those taller targets. Yeah. So I thought he was fairly ineffective, but the couple of times where they did get someone, he was just useless. Um, You just saw him, you know, one of the goals, he gave him 10 metres, you know, behind him, out the back. You don't do that to your forward. As a former fullback, I would have been yelling at him. So, oh, my God, I would have wanted him off the ground. <laughs> um, but, you know, the move forward, and, though, nearly did the job. Yeah, nearly did the job. And, you know, that's probably – he just seems to be a deer in the headlights when it comes to finals. Yeah. Um, go on, go on, mate. I was just going to say, last week's game and uh, when, the wet, when the wet came, uh, the Bulldogs really got their contested game going. and. Um, they carried them on this week, and I think, you know, if it had been a dry game all last week, I don't, don't think the Bulldogs would have been as tuned for this type of game game as, as they were because um, it really was a very, very highly contested game. And uh, um, as I said, the Bulldogs had got tuned for it. But having said that, I, when you look at all the umpire decisions, which were very dubious, um, to, lo- to lose by a point... Uh, particularly with that one particular free kick that you mentioned before, Fagan. Okay. Um, you know, in, uh, poor old Fagan, look at the poor old guy. He nearly cried on the, on the boundary, and I and I felt sorry for him because you know you put you you do a year's work and it goes down the drain. You you knock your own players off the field. You do you know, and you, you keep going forward and not scoring, um, and you, yet you lose by one point, and you've had a lousy run from the umpire. Yeah, uh, he had my sympathy. Having said that, I was probably in a way pleased that the Dogs won because I think they are more likely to be able to beat Port Adelaide than Brisbane. And uh, 
Although, unfortunately, uh, it depends whether Bonham Pelly is going to play or not. Yeah, but, that'll uh, be an interesting one. And, and Waitman will be out as well because he was subbed out under concussion. I think yeah. they're going to try and get around that one by saying, and I don't know whether he was concussed or not because... That's uh, what he was subbed out for. No, he, was subbed he out wasn't. He wasn't, Nicky. Get your oh, facts right, so mate. They're, they're, get your facts what, right, what mate. What are they saying now? He never had a test. That's right. That's right. And they're going to try and get it on the, on the basis because if you saw the way he was animated barracking on the boundary in the, after half time, he didn't look like he was a guy that had had concussion to me. Yeah, you, uh, can, you can still do that. He's sitting down. He's not standing up too much. No, well, he didn't he get tested, so he's not. He's officially not under the concussion protocol. Of course, neither was Tom Diday, and I think there was one other case during the course of the season where, despite uh, Diday passing concussion protocols, he was yeah. still not allowed to play. It's uh, going to be interesting to see if uh, the AFL colours of blue, white and red actually mean uh, the Western Bulldogs in this particular instance because there's no way he should be playing. But I bet she does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that, that'll be. Campaign. I think you know because he is Victorian. I, I think he probably will, they oh. may say, "Well, he looked very good after halftime." Then he wasn't concussed. You, you can I, still look like that, even yeah. being concussed. You don't. Yeah. You do not. Do not mess with a player's head, um, injury like that, and send them back on a field. If you have this rule in place, which is to protect the players, then you protect the players. Well, they did. Um, they took him off. No, but here's the thing. This is what hasn't been made enough of, in my view. Why didn't he get a concussion test? I thought that yes. anyone that came off with a, with a head knock, I thought there was a mandatory concussion test. Why wasn't he given Same. a concussion test, Macca? Well, for the very reasons that we're talking about it now. Yeah, I know, but why Why haven't the... If if we didn't give Tom Diday a concussion test when he came off a couple of weeks ago, then we would have been fined 20 draft picks and uh, our firstborn child. Yes, you know, yes, why yes. is it that no one is making anything of the fact that Cody Waitman didn't get a concussion test? Didn't have yeah, to go through protocols. He's, he's supposed to because there's the vision of him hitting his head on That's the ground... Right. That's a mandatory concussion test, and if they don't do it, then the AFL is supposed to step in and do it. That, well, I mean, it's too late. It's too late because they've got to get a baseline at as soon as possible after the incident. And what's supposed to happen is he comes off and uh, they run him through the test based on his previous baseline to make sure that there's yep. no sign of concussion. They never did that. And to me, that's uh, uh, an issue with duty of care. That's a breakdown of the medical staff at the Bulldogs. And I wouldn't mind betting that someone directed somebody to say, don't give him a concussion test because that'll lock us into the 12 day turnaround. Precisely. I'll bet you're right. Yep. I'll bet money on clean that you're right. And, yeah. and if that is the case, then they need to be fined and he needs to be sat out. Yeah, but it won't happen. Won't happen, Nick. Anyway, let's not. let's look at some head-to-head stats. And the big one for mine is the fact that the Lions actually went inside 50 14 more times than the Bulldogs. Uh, and therein lies the tail of the tape, in my, in my opinion. They just couldn't get enough value for forward 50 entries. Uh, the quality of their forward 50 entries wasn't too bad. But for whatever reason, they just couldn't get blokes on the end of it. 
So uh, in a game like that, with everything so tight, to get 14 more inside 50s and lose by a point, they'd be devastated. Because if you look yeah. at every other stat, every other stat apart from their efficiency inside 50, you'll see that that's where they lost the game, except for this next one. Free kicks 19 to 28. Less said about that, the better. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I will pick on one Brisbane midfielder. Mm. Um, McCluggage. He gets the ball, but my God, does he make stupid decisions in disposing of it into the forward line. Or well, he hangs on to it for too long. He missed a golden opportunity when he was running through into the forward line in that last quarter and he didn't see that bloke out to the right of him. It was yeah. an easy yeah. give-off. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was so – and that was that was the most blatant one, but there were other ones also when he was coming out of defence. He would stuff it up and turn it over and go back. And, and you can actually see on the vision there were other clearer players. He should yeah. have made decisions earlier. And I'm like, he can get the ball. Yeah. Oh, his disposal was frustrating me so much. Yeah. Bet you it was. Uh, he would have annoyed Fagan as well. Yeah, I've got, I've got a very high opinion, McLaggins. He's a very, very good footballer, and well, he's yeah, a good he, ball he getter, Macca. A good ball he getter. He's a good yeah. player, and he normally, normally, you know, his disposal generally around field is pretty good. But mm. he does have the yips in front of goals when he's having set shots for goal. He's got a terrible record at kicking uh, set shots. And he did have that one blemish you're talking about, uh, where it was an there was a player. I think it was on the on his left hand side. On his right. Uh, on his right. Right. His right. He parked, just parked all on his own. He just that's how it was. Yeah. And he should have given over to him. But overall, he, I thought he played a very good game. And yeah. uh, but as you said, he may have also cost them the game as well. And yeah. you're right, mean They went forward so many times. Yeah. And, and yeah. I thought Lyons was guilty several times of trying to do these daisy cutter passes, which. Yeah. Didn't we didn't hit the chest and so on? Uh, they they had the opportunity to win the game in spite of all the negativities that uh, went against them, like injured players, umpiring, and all the rest. But they still could have done it. And yeah, they could have. And and, and, it, and it just didn't happen. No, and I think a lot of that was the fact that they didn't have uh, Danaher as a link player playing high. He was playing deeper, and uh, they just were forced to carry the ball further through the midfield, and it just made their Entries sloppy um, because it's not the way they normally go about it. Uh, Hitouts forty five thirty two clearances though. Bulldogs forty seven to thirty seven. Now, given the dominance of McInerney, um, they really should have done better than that, in my opinion. Around clearance, um, possessions pretty much the same. Uh, Bulldogs ten up on contested. Uh, Brisbane about fifteen up on uncontested possession. Turnover similar. Uh, heat map similar. Uh, Mark seventy nine to sixty five in Brisbane's favour twelve to six inside fifty. See they've had they've got a lot of stats in their favour in this game, and Chris Fagan when he goes and looks over this stat sheet and has a look at some of the vision he will be ruining a game that they really should have won. They really should have won this game, Mac. They hundred percent agree. It was it was theirs to win and they blew it. Uh, let's have a look at some of the individuals. Uh, McRae, Daniel, Pontempelli, all good games. Um, McRae, 39 touches, if you don't mind. Outstanding. Se- semi. Yeah. Outstanding. 19 and, and contested most possessions. His, most of his finer man. Yep. Uh, well, 59% disposal efficiency uh, suggests that that might not have been the case, Mac, but uh, nonetheless, he was very effective. I know a lot of wild handballs like out of packs and that, uh, but um, when he's when he's by foot, he's, I think he's very accurate. 
And it it was really interesting because out of that midfield bunch, the one we didn't see a lot of was Trelaw. No, we didn't get a touch in the first quarter. No. And and he didn't he wasn't really um noticed until the third. No, that's right. He was very quiet. Uh, Daniel, when are teams going to start putting work into uh, Caleb Daniel? Uh, 31 touches off running around like an unregistered dog off half back and just tidying everything up like a little vacuum cleaner. A team needs to actually tag Caleb Daniel, in my opinion. Yeah, and the funniest thing is you can actually see the Brisbane players stand off of him and let him take his time to get a kick away. It's like, why aren't you running up and pressuring him? Because when there were a couple of times they did do that, he didn't hit the target, mm. and they had chances to turn the ball over. Yeah, and but they kind of corral him in. It's like he's—I know he's short, but he's not going to run between your legs. Yeah. You can get close enough to actually pressure him. Yeah, he's very good at uh, he's very good at getting very low, Caleb Daniel. I won't say that he ducks, uh, but he makes like himself Bateman. makes himself very small, uh, Caleb. But I just think. Teams need to actually work out that he gives them so much drive and direction off halfback uh, that he needs to be checked. Quentin yeah. Paley was great, 29 touches, 16 and 13. Um, and then, you know, that's when we start seeing the, the Brisbane midfield of Neil McCluggage, Lyons and Zorko all around the mid to high 20s. Um, you know, I don't think any of them had a standout. And what I do see... Mm. In in that in that group of four is just a lack of a little bit of silk and speed, and I think that's where Brisbane will be in the market this off season, is to try and get a little bit of outside silk into that team and a little bit of speed through the midfield. You got Zorko, Lyons, and Neil. None of them are quick. McCluggage is probably a little bit quicker, but still. Um, ungainly, I guess you'd say a bit more bullocking, I suppose you'd say. They need someone with a bit of a uh, bit of class on the outsider, in my opinion, to just top that midfield off. Yes, I agree with you, Fiend, but they don't grow on trees. We need we need one too. Yep, that's right. Um, yeah, it kind of, it kind of felt a little bit like our midfield. It was very one paced, very one paced in a way. Yep, very one paced. Uh, really good systems, Brisbane, in my opinion, good systems, uh, but can't break you open. Yeah, like like the Bulldogs or Richmond of old, or you know those sorts of teams that could just break you open just by sheer will and pace and you know fanaticism. Um, that's not really Brisbane. They did stick to their task very well, though. Uh, Robinson, I thought was good in the second half. Daniel Rich was Daniel Rich, uh, overrated all Australian. Yeah, just on Robinson, his ability for those balls that are bouncing around. Etc. and things like this. His little tap downs and the control that he had, that was actually a delight to watch. I mean, he, he's a player who actually, who takes a step up in finals. Not only that, Nick, but his ability to move in traffic uh, was really oh. on show. There was a couple of really nice sidesteps that he made um, yeah. during the course of that uh, last quarter. And I thought, really Mitch, his game. Mitch, if you could only just get him around a little bit more. Uh, but, look, you know, of the rest, as I said, McInerney uh, dominated the Rucks, 40 hit-outs on his own without really Brisbane capitalising after after quarter time. Uh, Charlie with, the, you know, a, a good contribution, three goals, one, um, but only the 13 disposals. So it was in and out of and the Ma- game a bit. 
It's interesting though that those it's his first those two games. We say he's had you know good thing, but most of those goals are in the first quarter, and then he can't get anything after that. He's still around and he's still causing problems, but he actually doesn't score really after quarter time. Damaging scores. You're on fire tonight, Nikki. Thank you. Don't want to put her out. (laughs) But she had her first jab. It's good she had her first jab on the weekend, mate. That'll that'll lift anyone. You get lucky every time, though. I'm not, you know. (laughs) I'll just ignore you two. All right. Oh, Ned, stop whinging. It's a finals show. If you don't like it, bugger off. We are obviously going to talk about the finals and we will now talk about the Crows. So just cool your heels because the finals deserve to be talked about and you can always tune in on Tuesday night for a bit of Crows chat. So back in your box. (laughs) Everyone wants to be a bloody producer tonight. Anyway. We're the ones right. with the controller. Exactly. All right. So um, that's it. Now, next week, of course, we have uh, two really good games. Uh, Melbourne v Cats at Optus Stadium um, and uh, Port v the Bulldogs uh, at Adelaide Oval. And, yes, Ned, I'm aware of what the show's called um, and apparently the Crows didn't play this weekend, so we've got to talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um you know a, a quick quick preview five minutes because apparently people want to talk about the two minutes of crows news that we've got um melbourne v the cats are on form you think the melbourne uh, demons have got this wrapped up easily uh but the cats are finals hardened and uh very experienced and melbourne this is their first rodeo for a while so uh be interesting well in Melbourne haven't travelled very much, though, either. Uh, I think they've been sitting over in Perth all the time, haven't they? Yep. Correct. Um, and so, I, look, I like Melbourne in this game. I think Melbourne will, I reckon, at least five goals will beat uh, Geelong by comfortably. Nick? I'm just thinking back to that final round game at the Cattery, and I think it's it might end up being something close to that again as much as I would hate it to go that way because I just really love Geelong to be demoralised because everybody's talking them up about, you know, how great they're going. Um, although, even though I kind of don't want Melbourne grandfather either uh, for moral reasons. Um, I, it's it's going to be interesting with the week off, um, as always, is how that kind of affects. But... For me, I'm thinking Melbourne just. Yep, I'm on the Melbourne train. I think they would have to seriously implode and choke very, very hard to lose against Geelong. Optus Stadium doesn't suit Geelong at all. Um, Agreed. In any case, uh, and Melbourne are the form side. So uh, I'm the D's there. Port and the Bulldogs, Mac? Yeah, look, I hate to say it. It hurt, but I think it'll be Port, and I think they'll probably win... I'll go by the same margin, five goal. I think the dogs are they just they aren't the same dogs that were really, really flying high early in the season or or about mid season. yeah, look they they're battling away at the moment and they, they do never give in but they battle away, but I just think 
the port did it so well last time. I'm looking for weakness in their side, and I couldn't see any. And uh, that they're, they're full of confidence. They actually believe their own shit now, unfortunately. And um, I, I think that they'll go well. Nick? I think Port will win. Um, yeah, I, I think the doggies, they'll push Port, but I don't think they'll be able to beat them here on Adelaide Oval. Right. Well, I'm going against you too because the doggies had a bit of a tail off towards the end of the season, the regular season, and I feel like they're hitting their straps. And yes, they've got a couple of little injury worries. I think Bontempelli will get up, um, and who knows about Waitman. But I think Port Adelaide will be guilty of doing what they so often do and believe their own hype. Uh, they've got their own concerns with Georgiatis and Fantasia. Um it's going to be a battle of the midfield. Uh, both teams got some very good midfielders. Uh, Trav Boak, uh, Robbie Gray, uh, Ollie Wines, of course, for Port uh, and the Younger Brigade. And then we all know what the Western Bulldogs bring to the table as well. I'm tipping Western Bulldogs in a boil over, in a heartbreaker, and it couldn't happen to a nicer team. Oh, God, I hope you are so right, Steve. No, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. The only thing yeah, better same. than Port losing this week would be Port losing in the grand final. <laughs> but I don't want them but to get there. But uh, that's not just me not wanting Port to win. I honestly think the Bulldogs have just, whether they tape it a little bit or whatever, I'm not quite sure. Whether they had a bit of a training um, block, I'm not quite sure. But they look like they're hitting their straps. Beating Brisbane in Brisbane is no mean feat, despite Brisbane's finals record there. They're 22-2 or 28-2 or something regular season, um, uh, the last couple of seasons up there. Uh, Beating Brisbane up there is no mean feat, and they did it with no preparation. They had to go up there on the morning of the game and blah, 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 all the rest of it. So Bulldogs for mine in a tight one. I hope you're right. I, I think the issue with the Bulldogs against Port is their defence, which is what you've highlighted, though, Fane. Mm. And, and I think that's where Port will get them. We'll see what happens. What I think. We will no, see what happens. I mean, anyway. You're what? I'm in her camp. He's in pants. I thought you said I'm in Nikki's no, pants. Camp. No, camp. no. I've got nothing to do with this jabbing going on. I was going to say, bloody second jab for the week. Stop it. (laughs) Sorry. Um, All right, let's talk about the Crows. And, of course, uh, not a huge amount of news apart from a couple of signings. We had, thank God, thank God, Nikki and Mecca, Lockie Gallant re-signed for another 12 months because that was starting to make me lose the little bit of hair that I had left. I'm thinking, come on, just if I just want one signature and that's the one I want. And but we got the, it. But the interesting thing, is, Fiend, why only the one year? Is that doubts on our part or is that him wanting to establish himself and then depart? Or him establishing himself to get a better deal. Yeah. That, because Nikki, he doesn't... You, you are that jab has filled you with knowledge. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what that's my take on it. I think that yeah. uh, they've probably gone. Look, uh, we don't want to negotiate a multi-year deal on the back of one AFL game at the end of the season. Um, let me put a block of work together. 
and that puts me in a better position to negotiate my next contract, whether that be with the Crows or with somebody else. Uh, smart move by his manager. I think that was probably why it took so long because I reckon the Crows would have wanted to lock him up for a couple. Um, but uh, one year at least we get to see Lockie hopefully play some more AFL football uh, with a bit more muscle and uh, hopefully at the end of that we can keep him on. And, and I think also what that shows is how keen we are to keep him, but he and his manager actually know the possible value of what it is. Very smart manager. As, as much as I would like him like you for a bit longer, and I'm pretty sure yep. the club, I think it's incredibly smart on his point and it sets him up to a nice, instead of being locked in at a lower value because he didn't get games till the exactly. very end of the season. It, if he shows, if he continues on with the form next year, and does that little upward trajectory that we can kind of we think is going to happen, yeah, and that gives him a better um, deal to to bank on to get a better deal. That that's my read on it. Nick. Uh, we had uh, Big Red uh, Kieran signing Please, on for two one. more. Two yeah, more. I was delighted with that. They would they. There's no doubt that other clubs would have come circling after him because oh, 100%, the, one thing, the one thing in the AFL is that if you're a ruckman, if you can half jump off the ground, you're half a chance to get on the list because <laughs> they, they go down like flies. They really do. And um, they, teams are always looking for them. I mean, the guy that plays with Sydney, what's his name again? Um, the, the ruckman. He's about his fourth club or something. Oh, yeah. Um... Picky. Yeah, they know better out there than we do. Um, yeah, Tom Hickey, I reckon it was about his fourth club. But, you know, Ruckman always in demand. And Drawn, I thought he was very impressive in the two games he played. In fact, I thought he was an improvement on how Rob had been going. So, oh, in, some, um, in some ways, let's, let's not get carried away. No, no. Okay. Uh, but let's I'm, not get carried away because... Riley O'Brien didn't have the best of seasons. Uh, it's well documented that he was carrying something in the first half of the year and his form was down. Um, I feel like after the bye, he started to work harder around the ground and make himself uh, get to more contests around the ground. His ruck work is never going to be fantastic, um, but what he offers us around the ground uh, when he's playing well is very good. Uh, Kieran's ruck work is fabulous by comparison. It is fabulous, yeah. I really loved it. But the big improvement for mine over the previous game that he played for us last year was he he got involved more in general play. Now, if he can continue on that trajectory, then it's going to be very, very interesting to see how how the ruck duo is is managed because the other thing about Strawny is that he can kick a goal. He's played up forward yeah. a lot in the sample, can kick yes. goals, and uh, that's another string to his bow that you couldn't really say O'Brien's got, even though O'Brien's kicking's improved. So very interesting, very interesting times, and it could be shaping up. I think O'Brien's last year of his contract is next year, and uh, it just makes me wonder whether there might be um, might be an opportunity to maybe cash in on Riley. Well, that might... That might well be the case, Ben. Sorry, Nick. The the one thing I kind of liked early on for Nick's is when he was selecting the team, we could actually see that he would actually select the the team. He'd make a couple of changes to match up against our opponents sometimes. 
it kind of went away from that a little bit this year. But for my mind, when you've got Strawn and Rob, because we know who Rob struggles against as an opponent, and if you've got Strawn playing well, I, I think that's, you know, and to keep the pair of them actually competing quite well against each other is like, well, you're actually out of this game because you actually don't match up that well, but he matches up better and it gives right. us a better look for our, our midfield, et cetera. Well, and I actually think that is a great thing to have. Yeah, well, Ned, in the, Ned in the chat has made himself useful and just uh, reminded us that Rob signed for four years this year, so he's around for a while. No, that's true. But uh, people often ask about signed players, whether you, whether you want to trade him or not. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. It means, means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, um, and I think having Kieran on for two is good insurance. It gives us two quality rucks. We've also got Himmelberg, assuming he hangs around, that can pinch hit. Um, and even Frampton uh, in a break glass situation. Now, just remember, uh, ladies and gentlemen in the chat, if you want to have something to say and get involved, uh, stick your hand up now. It's a good time to get amongst it. Um, the other signing, of course, that we had was Matt Crouch, uh, reportedly for two yeah. on a reduced salary. Thoughts? Meh. Whoa. Meh. And no, I just I'm- went a little bit dark because one of my... One of my studio lights just blew and scared the absolute bejesus out of me. <laughs> right. So now I've, got, now, now I've got a nice little shadowy effect, whereas on this side of my face, so uh, it's, no, it's not a, an attempt to uh, black out my face. It's actually my light just blew up. It, it might pretty you up a bit, please. Thanks, Mac. It says the person who doesn't even put his face on. Come on, mate, you're better All than right. that. Get on with it. What were you going to say? Matt, Matt Kraut. Um, yeah. I was actually pleased with the signing of Matt and uh, for a two-year uh, stint. If we could let Matt go in, into a, a trade, well, obviously he didn't do that when looking around either. It's be, when you miss a whole season like he did, um, you can't command the top salary that you can if you've played, just played the last 22, 23 games and, uh, and done it well. And um, I thought to sign him up for two years... Um, he'll he'll be looking for. He's not getting big money. He'll be looking for big money in two years' time, and he'll be in um, an unrestricted free agent. And that'll be a perfect time for us to let him go when he's built up his form and he, we get a definite first rounder for him. And uh, so, and oh, he'll never get a first be- rounder for Matt Crouch. No. You'll never get a first no. rounder for Matt Crouch. We couldn't Kinda get it for Brad. We're not going to get it for him. Well. And here's the other thing, Macca. Here's we'll the other thing, Macca. The only, the only way you get a first-rounder for Matt Crouch is if he plays 42 games over the next two seasons. And if he's playing 42 games over the next two seasons, guess who's not? Luke Pedler. Well, or Sam well, Berry. I was going to ask you about all that. How, how the hell are we going to work all that? Because um, Matt Crouch is... is our biggest problem is is the the lightness of type in the sense of Matt Crouch, um, Laity, Keith. They they're all in there scrambling hard hard at getting the ball and then um, not great disposal after that. With, with the, what we really do need is, and I'm hoping that that's what we're going to draft is that speedy midfielder, and then that forces a situation where. Um, we don't use that Sloan keys um, 
lead combination all the time, which is just not quick enough. Um, having said that, I still think the way you're talking about Crouch is if he can't play football, he can play. Yeah, that's, he can, not, but we, that's not the point. Yeah, but we don't need him. He is exactly the wrong player that we need. This is, mean, when you, this is when you get rid of him because it means less time for Pedler, less time for Schoenberg, less time for players who actually have that speed to come out because we've seen what's been picked this year and it is the key Sloan-led consistently in the midfield. Three freaking slow players. Matt Crouch is another freaking slow player with poor disposal. What, I what actually happens? prefer keys and I prefer Laird's disposal than I do over um, Matt Crouch. What what happens when if Reed pulls a rabbit out of his hat and we get Dawson in? Where's he going to play? Well, Dawson. Precisely. Well, maybe he doesn't play it, but the maybe who doesn't play? Yeah. No, let's let, let, let let's ask Nonny Nonny Crow. How are you, mate? Good, Phoenix. How are you going? Haven't spoken in a few weeks. No, that's right. We've missed you, mate. Greatly. Oh, but. I've um, been busy with uh, work, but um, nice to call in tonight. Um, I don't want to hear excuses. I, I just the... want to hear your points. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, definitely the, the, the crux of my thoughts in the last week is this Matt Crouch signing. Um, when it happened, I was actually quite surprised um, when it was announced. Um, I thought, you know, over the last two weeks, all the all the tea leaves were pointing towards um, him leaving and us trying to get a uh, a band three compensation out of him, but um, that didn't happen. So it was interesting to see that um, that news a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing I think is if Crouch is signing, um, it means we have every intention of him intending majority of the center bounce attendances because that's the only role he can play. And then what does that actually do with our remaining midfielders, which you look at Rory Laird, he's probably first pick midfielder. And yep. then Ben Keys and Rory Sloan, and obviously the the next rung, which would be Harry Schoenberg, um, and and whoever else will be running through there. So, I my, my my thoughts are that if we're signing Crouch, we have to play him um, because we've obviously allocated a, a decent amount of no, I, I disagree towards him. Disagree with that because the reports well, are I, that we haven't allocated a decent amount of salary cap to him. That I he actually. Oh, I would, I would. I don't think so. Um, because I, I, I think I think what actually broke this down is the fact, uh, by all reports, and I don't have any reason not to believe them, there wasn't a lot of interest. And why would you? Why would any club be interested in Matt Crouch after a year off with groins, at twenty six years of age, coming off the back of a pretty average season the year before? No, I wouldn't be surprised if he's sitting on about four hundred k. I think you're probably on the lower end of what I would be thinking he'd be on. I think he would have gone for somewhere 450 to 500, but, you know, we're not talking mega dollars either way. So uh, m- I still think if Matt Crouch is available, um, Matthew Nix has shown that he will pick the most experienced team he has available to him. So I think he will play, and I think that'll have a bottle, have a, have a, effect on the rest of the midfield that's getting picked. So obviously Crouch, Laird, Keys and Sloan are all going to be picked. And now how does that actually affect the development of Pedler, um, Schoenberg, Berry, plus whoever we pick up in the draft this year. So because really 
if you, if we're trying to compete in the next three or four years, it has to be that second wave of young midfielders that that drags us to that competition um, level. Um, so I'm really concerned about what. Well, how do we actually go about this? Um, and it needs to be it needs to be a, a more even spread of um, centre clearances and um, general midfield minutes over the whole group. I don't think I necessarily have a problem with having an additional midfielder in there that is AFL standard because you could see from the sides that we were putting out there that we were definitely missing three or four players that were adequate to be at that level. Um, now, if we get someone like Jordan Dawson and we bring in Wayne Miller uh, back back from injury, and if we um, go and get someone else like, I don't know, Ak- Rak- um, Rankin, um, we start to look start to look at the best best 22 and all of a sudden it's way more competitive than it was this season. So my, my thoughts are that our signing of Matt Crouch is a very interesting proposition because if we bring another couple of players from interstate um, and add in our players that were injured this year plus Matt Crouch, all of a sudden we've got a side that on paper will be better than this season. And how does, how does that affect our, our rebuild? And Matthew Nix's um, his decision making and how we move forward. Well, it's a beautifully put uh, proposition, ninety uh, ninety, and uh, that I think that's where Fleen was going to. That in the fact that it will affect our rebuild and it will affect certain players. And uh, so uh, there's no doubt that that is right. Um, I think Nixie's no different than any other coach. They all like to win, and they like they like to put out the players that they think will win. But um, I still think that Pedler is good enough to work his way into the side, and as as will Cook and um, and Berry. They I still think they'll work their way in the, into the team. How though? Well, yeah, they, they where, where are they going to play, Mac? It's all very well it's good, good to say that. Injuries, injuries. And that should should not be happening. We need to play those younger players in the guts. That's what needs to happen. I I was very angry when I actually saw the news that we re-signed Crouch. I think this is a massive step backwards for our development because that is our one major area of failure we have is our midfield. The way we set it up with those continual slow players, we have – players on our list that actually give us more speed and give us better quality disposal out of there, and yet we consistently go back to the well of these slow inside mids that just hat kick or handball out the back. I wanted to get rid of Matt Crouch, and I think that what this shows is that nobody else wanted him, and we've gone and done the whole, oh, okay, you couldn't get a better deal elsewhere. We couldn't get something for you, so we'll sign you on again, but it is going to have to be at less. No, we needed to be ruthless. We, we were a little bit ruthless with Lynch and Talia, et cetera, but only right. a little bit because I think the, the writing there was on the wall definitely and they needed to be moved on, but we needed to get rid of Crouch. He is a Nick. liability in our midfield. Nick, I think the problem, I agree with everything that you said except for one thing. I think the problem was that in the end, I mean, let's not forget that Crouchy was a free agent. You know, yeah. uh, you can't delist him because any value that is contained in his contract 
uh, obviously disappears when he disappears off the list. So we're caught between a rock and a hard place because yep. if if we can't get decent uh, return from him in the market, then he's better off on our list than not on our list. Uh, if the reports are true and he's on you know a sub five hundred contract, I'm okay with that. My problem is, as Macca rightly points out, Nick's has shown a propensity to play our most experienced midfield and Matt Crouch fit will be part of that. So I've, I've, like you, Nick, I've seen a lot of a lot to like out of our young midfielders, Harry, obviously in particular, yeah. but even the, the short little bursts we've seen of Braden Cook and... Um, uh, and Barry and Barry when he was actually played in position instead of hidden up forward, and you know even blokes like Ned for that matter, um, you know that's what we want to see through the midfield. And those lads need fifty games, not caught in a forward pocket or a half forward flank, but in the position where we want them to play. So uh, I'm a bit worried about all these second string mid-sized players that we have floating through the midfield and floating across half-back and floating in, in the, on the flanks up forward, Macca. A lot of these blokes that we've got are bogging up space and I'm just a bit concerned that keeping someone like Matt in the first 22 rotation... Uh, is going to make a couple of the younger lads go, well, maybe my time isn't best spent at the Adelaide Football Club. Well, they have signed on for the next couple of years anyhow. Uh, yeah, but that's now. That I'm talking about next time around. Well, when, they, when they've played half the games. I, I think I think if you're good enough, you do... Um, uh, Come you, on, Macca. That, that, that is no, old-school thinking. You know it's no, old-school no, thinking. Is I was going to because let me talk about two other players. You're talking about Krauss, but there are two other players I think are our problem players. And somebody put one name up there in, in the chat, and it's Sloan. Now Sloan is one of our major problems. You talk I talk about Krauss. Sloan is a problem, um, and he he can Sloan, he's got to either be a half forward flanker, but and I can't see a spot from there, or he's got to be on a half back flank. That's what Sloan I think. Flowing in for Murphy, that's the obvious upgrade. Well, I'd, I'd be happy to go along that path, but but Cook's got to be playing, in my opinion. I, I think Cook is going to be one of our major talents. I, I I can see a touch of class in that lad. I just thought he he had had the attributes so, I really like. So so play. anyway, you've got Sloan out of the midfield, so that Sloan, that makes that makes way for Matt Crouch. Well, I, no, I, for me. Uh, my starting midfield would always include uh, Schoenfeld as well. John Berg. John Berg. And, but that oh, won't yeah, happen. That, that won't happen. We've seen that. He's, he like was playing well this year, but they still didn't bloody start him in there. No, this is the way they, they started him on the bench. But I think that he, he did talk very, very highly of him after the end of the year. And he was talking about that he will have more mid-time minutes uh, coming up next uh, next season, and I think he will. I, I have no doubt he will have a lot more. There's no evidence, year. no evidence to suggest that's the case, Maka, and plenty of yeah. e- evidence to say uh, otherwise. 
We still, don't forget, this is a club that stuck around with Scotty Thompson for 100 years. We sunk 230 games into David McKay, for God's sakes. This is not a team that uh, moves on its favourite sons lightly. And, uh, you know, we you could say we did it with Lynchy and we did it with Talia. Absolutely. But Rory Sloan is a different kettle of fish. And uh, you tell Sloan he can't play midfield. We just had a whole celebration round in round 23 of all our oldies getting a nice little win together. It, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But the, you talk about that, actually that Thompson one was even worse that uh, next year because that's, we traded Lions out so that Thompson could be, still be there. Exactly right. That, that, that was a really bad one, that one. That's what um, I fear again. Uh, Jared Lyons is, is, is exactly like the a- profile that we have currently with Schomburg and Sam Berry. Well, my my two problem players, are, and I, I understand exactly what you're saying, Fien, and I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but Taylor Walker, is he going to play again next year? I mean, if he plays... No, 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 I don't want to talk about Taylor Walker. I want to talk about the midfield. Well... we'll talk about midfield. Taylor Walker. You haven't solved the problem of the midfield. You reckon if you're good enough, you'll get picked. That's a load of rubbish it, because we've seen... Uh, players that are good enough and uh, more dynamic and younger and fitter and faster and all the rest of it, not playing the midfield this year. And Sloan's <coughs> got to go out of, out of the midfield. Yeah, well, that just makes room for Matt Crouch. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't solve the problem. What happens if um, Jackson Hatley has a big preseason and he's gotten rid of his groin injury and he's tearing it up in trial games? What, does he get a game? He won't tear it up in trial games. He's, well, we he's, he's not that level. That. He's not that level. But the problem is that we've got a lot of... We we have to settle on a new generation of midfield. And I don't mind having a couple of old blokes running through there, but that has to be the second role. Uh, that That's a secondary role for them. You know, Rory Sloan should be playing off half-forward flank. Uh, I agree 100% with the swap with Murphy. Uh, Sloan can take a ball overhead, he can kick a goal. So um, far more value uh, Sloan as a um, as a, a forward option. Um, but at the moment, we remember how we used to say you can't have both Crouches playing in the midfield at the same time? Well, yes, I, don't, we I don't think you can have Rory Laird and Matt Crouch playing in the same midfield. So what the hell are you going to do? You get... You're not going to drop Laird, obviously. So you're going to have two workmen in Crouch and Laird in the in the mids, and Benny Keys running through there, who is all bullocking and all the rest of it, all energy but no silk, with a bit of Harry Schoenberg. And where does Luke Pedler get a run? Where does Sam Berry get a run? Where do these kids get a run? Where does our four get a run? Exactly. I understand you what, exactly what you're saying, and I don't know the answers to it. Um, well, then don't say if they're good enough, they'll get it run, because you know that's not true. Um, well, that's just a, that's just a fob off. That's just a throwaway line maker. There's nothing behind it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to have a, I'm not trying to have a go at you personally. What I'm trying to no, highlight is that a lot of people say things like that, but there's not a shred of truth in it. There's so many, so many, so much evidence of good players that don't get opportunities that move to other clubs and get opportunities. Jared Lyons, classic example. How many years? 
and will Ben Keys, yes. It, but there's also many, many opportunities of list cloggers being kept as well. So, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about young lads and whether they get the chance to prove that they are good players. I, I think the two lads that you quote, you quoted, somehow have to be in the team, Pete. I, I do agree with that. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I don't know what uh, the, the coach has in mind. I don't know how he intends to, to set it up. And uh, um, it means there is an, an extra talent that's available, but does, whether he's going to play them all at the same time, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I said, right. if it was, if was coach... Nix is also on record. Sorry, go on, mate. I was going to say, if I was coach, I'd, I'd have yeah, I'd have two very experienced players in there, but I always have Harry Schoenbeam uh, coming in there in one rotation and, uh, you know, one of the other lads, uh, younger lads coming in in another rotation. Then there might be three rotations rather than two rotations. Um, I don't know, because there's four on the bench as well, which you, you can also run through through as well. It just feels like we've gone back to 2018 when we valued possessions over actual impact. I agree. I, I guess all this is a bit um, hypothetical because maybe Matt has been told that he's got to break his way back into the side and maybe all we're doing is showing other clubs that he can get through a season and that he's growing to a right, even if he does play half of it in the twos, uh, just to get a little bit more interest and value um, out of him at the back end of his second year I I'm not sure but um, I think the, I think the club was just caught out because they lowballed him with a two year deal uh, expecting that there'd be interest somewhere else and the fact that there hasn't been somewhere else has made the club make a choice between delisting him which really isn't an option or retaining him on the list and I think it's actually caused a problem I don't think it would have been a, a signature that JR would have been happy to take that's two years in a row that Crouch is basically mess management strategy. Well, yeah. the other thing too, and talk about list management, I was going to say that that's another spot that's taken out. And when when we look at, and I'm not sure of how many players we do have to get rid of uh, because there, normally you have 44 players on your list. We had 46, and that's because we had the um, the two category uh, B players. Um, do the category B players? They, do they say? Cat, do they say stay as a cat B rookie forever until we upgrade them? Or, I'm not sure, Macca, but I don't, I don't it, want to talk about that this week. Ma- maximum three weeks, three years, sorry. Oh, okay. No, that's, no, no, that's just rookie. That's just rookies. Maximum three years. That's not specifically yeah, category B rookies. Yeah, but I think it may I think it may apply, but that's going to determine who is going to go and who's going to stay out of who's left. I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah, hundred percent. But that's another conversation. I don't want to delve into no. that just yet. Um, Ninety ninety. Uh, good to have you on once again. We have another caller waiting, so I'll uh, flick you back to the good audience, good mate. Good yeah, well done, ninety ninety. Always a thinker, mate. Well done. Did you have one more? And we've got Arab child come in, mate, when you're ready. Um, I, look, it's just a conundrum, Mac, isn't it? Um, I, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do about it. Anyway, Arab child, how are you going, mate? No, 
uh, muted by the sounds of it. No, not working. Click you back to the audience, and if you can get that solved, mate, you can come back on. Um, yeah, look, there's it, it's an interesting situation, uh, Maka, because we've got. Uh, the other thing with Matt Crouch is, is he's probably one of the few players that we've got who is in the right age profile. You know, we've talked before about having a very severe dip between 24 and 27 on our list. Uh, Matty at 26, pardon me, with good games under his belt. He's a, you know, ex-club champion, etc., uh, etc. Et you know, if we could get 2016 Matt Crouch back or 2017 Matt Crouch back, um, you know, uh, that that would be better because that was the year that Matty Crouch was uh, uh, a bit more penetrating with his kick, a little bit more dynamic and a bit more proactive. But wasn't it two thousand and seventeen? He won the BNF. Yeah, I think so. Sixteen or seventeen. Seventeen. But uh, yeah, those groins are a worry. So Arabs. Uh, think got it sorted out. Let's see if we can get him back on. Come back in, mate. We'll try again. <clears throat> How are you going? Nope. Not happening for whatever reason, mate. We can't hear you, unfortunately. Back out. Um, so we've got a few left. Uh, obviously, Jake Kelly is uh, still yet to sign got Paddy Parnell, uh, we've got, who else have we got? Uh, Parnell signed him, uh, I don't think so. Uh, who I'm else is he... there? Um, oh, well, no, there, well, there's um, O'Connor. And the guy's been on there for five years. On Davis. Davis. Davis, yeah. There's and one that, more. And that's there. about it. That, that's about it. Yeah, well, uh, you'd expect that Davis and O'Connor will be two that will definitely go. I can't see Parnell um, getting They'll be off. gone. Yeah. New Church and Ball as a rookie, uh, rookies, 1990. Yeah. 1990 listed New Church and Ball as, but they're rookies. Uh, yeah, but they're Cat B rookies. Do they stay as Cat B rookies or do they become normal rookies? And that's what I'm saying. Well, because if they isn't, stay, Cat, isn't Cat B being... Ruled out. Isn't that going? No. Aren't we just having rookies now and you can have up to six rookies? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, that's, that. why I don't, that's why I don't want to have that conversation tonight because I'm not researched on it just yet. Uh, 1990 well, saying they need to be re-signed as Cat B. So we'll talk about this when we do our draft and trades. Um, yeah, back and that will affect you very heavily in that conversation because that will determine... What the number of players that have to be be delisted to yep. um, meet the requirements? Yeah, but uh, uh, the boys saying on chat, Macasey, there's been a little bit more talk about Macasey being homesick again. Uh, obviously, had his struggles at the beginning of the season, and uh, um, you know, after the year that we've had with COVID, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, once again. Um, it wouldn't be uh, too much of a stretch to see uh, Fisher maybe request. Uh, move back home, but again, he's not going to attract the sort of value that's going to repay us for pick six. Well, we get a bag of fish and chips for him. You know, uh, he's not going to attract anything. 
Not really, no. He'll probably get a third rounder on on uh, on potential. Um, that would be the best. So there's a bit to play out, and of course, Nix is on record as saying we want to recruit speed and class into this into the side. Um, so there's a bit to play out with this uh, trade period. Um, uh, the re-signings, by and large, are good. Matty Crouch, we've, we've gone over. You know, problematic, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to get uh, uh, Dawson or Stevens uh, through the door. But I don't. I actually think we'll end up very close to the same list that we've got now. What do you guys think? Well, you know, there's four names that I, I keep saying... Uh, as potential trade target to Adelaide this year. And, uh, and I, I'm a bit your way, Fiend. I don't think any of them will probably happen. Uh, Dawson, I mean, he would be the cream. There's no doubt about that. If we could get him, I, I rate him very, very highly. He's, a, he's an excellent player. And uh, he would add some, He would add a little bit of magic to our side. There's no doubt about that. He's a good player. Vardy says Rank Hopper, that won't happen. He's Mid-run? not the right type. Vardy in the chat says Hopper, he's, that won't happen, and I don't actually think as great a player as Hopper is, I don't think he's the right fit for us. Uh, well, I, I like Hopper. I was watching him very, very closely, things. I thought you would probably say that about him, but he is very good at getting himself on his own as well. He, he's, a, he's a two-way player. He can go very hard for the ball, but he's also got the capacity to make make space as well. Um, I, I like him better than no, our I like midfielders. Him. I like him too. Yeah, for that reason. So, you know, getting him would be very, very hard, I think. Um, Ned, I don't know whether that's true that Hopper's signed uh, last week. You could be right, Ned, um, but the last thing I read, which was later in the week, he was still unsigned. Anyway, let's continue. Well, okay. Um, The other two they talk about are Stevens and Rankin. Now, Stevens has never done anything of particular note for Sydney and he can't hold his spot in Sydney. Um, and he's been given several opportunities during the year to, to uh, if he played well enough, to nab himself a spot in a very good side. Um, I don't know what the excitement is about uh, Stevens. Is he homesick or uh, what will make him better here than what we've seen him play in Sydney? I don't know. Uh, fair, Rankin, midfield, fair midfield he's trying to break into over there. Yeah, but they should be also rebuilding their midfield. If you want to talk about an old midfield, you know, there's yeah, a but very, very old. But, the, but they're not, Macca. This is the thing. Whether they should be, this is where sometimes you talk in hypotheticals and they're not real. Stevens has had a lot of trouble breaking into that midfield because they're not turning over that midfield. Well, obviously they're not. So, no, you said they should be. They're not, and that's why he hasn't been able to break into that side. If he was good enough, he'd force them him oh, to pick him. They're rubbish. They're not going to drop Luke Parker or, or one of those blokes. Well, I still think if a player plays good enough, he gets a game. But, that, that's, you know, 19, that's 1970s talk, mate. No, you, you, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way these days. You know, when a team thinks that they're in the premiership window, they will stick with the players that that got them there. Uh, we've seen it with us. We've seen it with Richmond. We've seen it with Geelong. We're seeing it with Sydney. 
that when everyone thought Sydney were rebuilding, they caught everyone off guard at the beginning of the year because they were winning games. And it took people three or four games to realise, oh, hang on a minute, they're not actually rebuilding. They've still got the core of the, the side that they've had for the last five years. Now, the one that there is a possibility, and but it depends what we were uh, prepared to pay. And thanks very much, uh, Marty Magic, uh, for that. Um, in my prime in '76, thanks a lot. Um, that's your fault, Pete. Well, I didn't say anything. I didn't. I, I never said you're in your prime at all. Personal abuse. Personal abuse. <laughs> Do yeah, I get a jab too now? If not for me, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a left jab to the jaw. Oh well, that might be possible. Yeah. But, uh, moving on, I was going to say with uh, Rankin. Um, I don't get Rankin because he his first game of footy he looked bloody brilliant. Very right in his first very first game that he played. Yeah, but we've and been through this, Mac. It is you got to wonder whether the guy's tanking, but he looked so disinterested. And well, we've been uh, through this, and he plays at a, at a lower level. Um, yeah, but does that mean Gold Coast would be prepared to trade him? That's what I'm getting at. That means that we want him. Well, if if that's the best that he can offer, I don't want him. That's the point I'm making. Well, that well, and that's exactly right. I mean, I think you've got to play. You've got to take a bloke's form and face value. And you know, you look at a bloke like Stevens. Yes, he hasn't been able to make it into the first for Sydney, but he's been absolutely destroying it in the twos. Whereas Rankin, uh, you know, who's a, who's a, a top pick in his draft year. Um, you know, after a, a promising first couple of games, as you say, has really been very consistent for that side. Um, at least, still, uh, at least Stevens. Uh, if you, you know, we're not comparing apples and apples in terms of the type of player, but in terms of who you want to bring in, you, I'd rather bring in someone like Stevens, who's been banging the door down and not getting a game, than someone like Rankin, who's been give, given games on potential and hasn't performed. If you were, let's just say, for example, that Gold Coast were prepared to trade Rankin, what would you be prepared to give to get Rankin? Second round pick. Yeah, I, I, I'd do that. I would do that because I really don't think the guy likes being there. I just don't really think it. Because uh, it, it doesn't look like he's heart and soul in his footy. Well, uh, and there was always queries about his attitude. Um, you know, there was talk at Westies and all the rest of it. I mean, he's, he's obviously gifted. 100%, no doubt about it, no question about it, he's gifted, right? But that doesn't mean a thing. That doesn't mean a thing. So, um, you know, there's been tons of gifted players. Um, you talk about gifted players, the name McAdam comes to mind, and I'm not just talking about Shane, I'm talking about just about every McAdam that's ever, really ever walked onto a football field. Incredibly yeah. gifted, but it's touch and go. It's touch and go whether you're going to get full toed odds out of them. You know, um, well, rank, Rankin's a bit the same. Well, do you think we'll actually get anybody? I don't think we'll get anybody. I think next year will be probably the year. Uh, look, I, I do believe that we would we would do something to get Dawson. And uh, we may for Stevens, but uh, I, in the end, I think we generally always end up with nothing. 
Nick, I don't know about you. I think we'll go pretty hard for Stevens. He's the one that's gettable, in my opinion. I'd love them yeah. to have a crack at Dawson because I think he's quality. Um, uh, but I think, uh, you know, and there's reports that Sydney is struggling a bit with their cap, etc., etc. So Dawson, I think, for the right price is probably on the table. I just don't know whether we've got the price that Sydney would be asking for. I don't think we are willing to give away our first round pick. Um, and the world's pretty I bare think, after that. I think they've got, didn't Nick say that everything was tradable except pick four? Yeah, that's right. They're not they're not giving that up. Yeah, no. But I I think you know, there there's a chance we, we can get at least one of those out of Dawson's or Stevens. Um and as you said, they're actually showing some really nice quality in the twos and they're exactly what we need. And they've experienced the, um, the AFL system. They're, they're not a, a, a newbie coming in, which is going to take two years like Gallant, a uh, little skinny um, one. But they're, they're ones that we can see that this is where we really need some assistance what do you say, Nick? I, I think we've got to play hard and try and get it, but it, it's going to be difficult because we're not going to give up that four. Well, 1990 put up this proposition. Yeah. Pick four for Dawson, Stevens, and their pick 12. No, they won't do that. They, won't, they would do it. But, no, you, but we you're going to give. It. You're going to give two players and a and a first round pick for pick four? Are you kidding me? People, not many people uh, pass up pick four though. I think they're giving up a, a quality yeah. midfielder, a, a, a budding young midfielder, and a first round pick for one player in an even draft. Nah, they'd never do that. Okay, but I thought it said what I said was ninety ninety put it up, and I said I'd do that. Uh, but you're saying Sydney wouldn't do it. I'm saying that's fair enough. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And, and that, <clears throat> I'd be happy to do it. I'd be happy to do it. Yeah, and that's the thing with a lot of these ideas, these PlayStation, those kind of trades. We're saying, would you do it? It was like, yeah, we would, but you also have to actively think: is the other club going to do it? And most of the time, the answer is a flat out no. no. No, and these days with picks being worth points, it makes it a bit more problematic just to chuck picks around like that. Um, I, can't, I can't really – I mean, I think there's not as much value in pick four <clears throat> as what some people think. I, I still wonder whether they're going to split that pick and trade down uh, for maybe a second first rounder um, to try and uh, get a couple of targets in the draft. Um, and what? And I, you know, I, I know what Nixie said, but I agree with you, Fiend. I, I would admit it'll be, I'd be surprised if they didn't do it, to be honest. If they're talking about getting other other players into the club, they may have to well do that. Well, that's all well and good, but you've got to have, we don't have the currency right now. And that's why I said to you the other day that the bloke that I think has got some trade currency is Chase Jones. Chase Jones has had a good. A particularly back half of the season, he's shown something. I think he's shown enough where other teams would think there's some potential and something to work that work with there. 
And I think him with a pick gets you into the conversation. But there's we don't have too much else, Macca, that gets us into the conversation. Maybe Riley no. O'Brien, but I don't think so. No, I, I agree with you. I, I don't. We, we don't have those tradable players that a lot of that a lot of clubs have got. Um, our, our three three very good players are, are they retiring? And um, after that, then you go back to well, you, if you're going to trade uh, players that have got currency, you're t- probably talking about like Smith and Siegeman, and they'd have some currency, but um, we want to keep them as well. Well, I don't see the point in keeping Smith. There's no. I've, always, we had the, we had this conversation last week. There's no point yeah, in keeping did. Smith. Um. Well, if he brought the right player in, I'd be happy to trade him. I mean, what's the point in keeping Brody? Is he going to be around for our next premiership? Have we got 960 halfback flankers on the list at the moment? Is he young enough to st- is he young enough and playing well enough to still attract some sort of attention? Absolutely. Oh, no, he'd have good currency. Um, yeah, no, I, I would trade him um, if it brought means getting we. If you look at our list, there are various areas that we obviously need. We don't we don't look at need, need anything really in defence. Um, I think we've got a lot of up and coming young youngsters in terms of half forwards and midfielders, etc. Uh, but a classy one would be very, very nice to have uh, on top of that, and uh, that and up forward. So that's 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 the area you're looking at, and you, and you look at what your needs are, and uh, yeah. So from that point of view, yeah, Smith would be tradable if it were for the right area that we can bring into the club. Yeah. So, I mean, it's those sort of players that you've got to put with pick four to get into the conversation, <clears throat> unfortunately. I, I, I don't, I'd don't. see us trying to do a few trades. I don't see us getting anything. The other player of note would be the lad who can't break into the Bulldogs team at the moment. What's his name again? Oh, I always forget his name. Someone at Lipinski. Thank you, 1990. Oh, Lipinski yeah, no, he did. Lipinski would be worth a look. Definitely worth a look. Um, but you know, again, but, but we might have some we might have some luck trading for Lipinski because he wouldn't. I don't think he'd command a first round pick, and I think the Bulldogs might be interested in someone like Fisher McCasey, and we could get that done for McCasey plus a uh, plus a, our our first second rounder. We give Maxi and a second rounder for yep. Lipinski. Yep, and he can't make and he can't make their side. Well, he's made he's played a hell of a lot more games than Maxi. Oh, I wouldn't do that for I wouldn't do that. Well, unfortunately, this this is the this is the, the what you've just said then, and what people are saying in the track in the chat is exactly why Adelaide can't attract players. Because if you want to attract a Victorian kid to South Australia, you've got to be prepared to pay overs. It's as simple yeah. as that. And you can't have it both ways. And I've gone on and on about this on this on this cast, that our strategy for drafting and trading is all, or for trading uh, and paying is all wrong. All wrong. You cannot, you cannot attract players if you've got the flat structure of salary that we have. 
and if you are not willing to pay overs to get a ladder cross. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think, as I understand it, um, I think I read an article that said that Adelaide have got about two, building up a reserve of about two and a half million in terms of... Uh, that lot of good that does us. It, yeah, but it it might not be this year that it gets used, for it. it might be next year when, uh, when somebody like... Uh, no, but, I, but you just said you wouldn't. You just said you wouldn't do the trade that I outlined to get Lipinski. No, and I wouldn't because everyone thinks about you know what a player is worth, what a player is worth. The simple fact of the matter is, if you target a player and you identify a player that you want, you pay whatever you need to pay to get him. It's as simple as that. And when you're in Adelaide, we are not dealing the same way that a, that a Victorian club has to deal when it comes to the draft because you're right i agree with that so you have to be prepared to pay over market value to get the player that you want it's as simple as that yes i agree with you but i would only overpay for the right player you know it's got to be the lipinski is not that level player that i would do it do it for He's only been out of favour in the second half of the season. I know. I would for Lacocious. Yes, definitely for Lacocious. Why would you do it for Lacocious? Because I think he's well. He's going to be. He is a good player. He's playing in a a shit team, and he plays very well. And uh, no, what he is is a failed forward who's now playing fast and loose across half back. Well, I think he's versatile, and he can play both ends of the ground, and. Uh, he's got a lovely kick on him, which is, uh, makes him um, stand out on our side of you playing with it. Those poor salesmen. Um, yes, but I'm talking about actually finding a teammate. I'm talking about finding a teammate. I, I, I do look, I, I really uh, rate Lukosius, and I would be prepared to pay over for him. But Why? Is a, Where are you going to play him? Well, you could play him up forward, you could play him in bound back, you could no, no, play no. him... He's failed up forward. In their team he has, yes. And they've got a better midfield than we do. Come on, Macca. Uh, well, look, I'm sorry I have an opinion. No, you're entitled to have an opinion, but like, he's not a forward. He's been proven to be a tweener. He's not the right size for a forward. What he's turned out to be is a very good running halfback who can direct play. And yes, so he's a classy it? player. Yes, he's got great disposal. But in our side, with our absolute abundance of players on that line, why the hell would you pay anything for 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 Jack? Well, do you think out of here in Lipinski, who is a better player? It's got nothing to do with who's the better player. It's about who's the better player in the position that we need. And where are you going to play Lipinski? In the midfield rotation. Right. What, what then? <laughs> um, look, I wouldn't mind getting him, but not for the price that you were talking about, Fiend. Oh, I, I just don't think he's worth that. But And yet you pay overs for Lukosius to get him in just because... You can. He's a very versatile player, and he could play any any particular line you want to play him on. Well, no, he, no, that's actually one hundred percent wrong. 
because Gold Coast have proven that the only place that you can play him is across half back. Well, half, 90 agrees with And, um, yeah, look, I'm not going to argue any further because of the point that um, I'm never going to win with you on this particular argument. That's uh, the first point. And secondly, um, it doesn't have to be Lacoste. I mean, but I'd rather have Dawson if I, if I could have Dawson. But um, what I'm saying is we're obviously, we're, we're obviously building up a war chest of money for somebody. And I do know the pros actually love Lacoste. I've always loved him. So that's why I just wonder whether it is Lacoste. But um, it may be totally other players. And uh, look, um, but whoever we get must make our side better by being a star in the position that we don't have one. And that's, that's, that's got to be the key. Forget names. It, it, I don't think like Lipinski is going to be the answer to making us the team that we want to be. Uh, he'd be good there as an extra, but he's not, he's not that one where the war chest is going to go to. That's what I think, anyhow. Nick? And for me, uh, it's the midfield, and it's always got to be the midfield. Um, I'm like you, Fane. I, I think for the price we would have to pay to get Lacocious, it's not worth it. Um, I don't think, and I think for a lot of people, they they are still blinded by the fact that he was a good SA player. It's to get the SA player back. I think that colours a lot of people's opinions on him. And you're right that he's he's the running half back. He's a tall running half back. And how many running half backs do we already have on this side? Unless we get rid of some of them, we don't need to bring another one in. Well, nominate who you're going to get, Nick. We've already talked about them. Yeah, I I think it's the ones who are already um, we're looking at, rumours-wise, in terms of Dawson or Stevens. Just trying to see if we can extract them out, one of them. Well, to me, the ones that I'd like to extract are either Dawson or Hopper. And, you know, maybe Hopper's gone and maybe he doesn't want to come and maybe he's re-signed, all those things. But if he was available, I'd, I'd, he'd be one I'd love to get. 1990 said he won't come. Well, that's probably right. But I'm just saying, who would, who would you like? And um, There's a whole there's a whole lot of players I'd like. Um, so I'd love Bontempelli, but that's not going to happen. No, I'm talking about when they're out of contract, so, uh Nikki, they don't have, have to be out of. They don't have to be out of contract, you know. No, they don't. But it's a lot easier when they are. Yeah, but they don't have to be out of contract. And a lot of the media speculation and- is is focused around blokes that are, that haven't signed on yet. But uh, some of the biggest trades that occurred last year were for contracted players. The law, Stevenson. Yeah. They don't have yeah, to that, be out of contract. Yeah, and that has actually changed the past couple of years. So. Um, it's hard to tell, and because I steer away from a lot of discussion posts and what's happening, so I, I don't really have um, a lot of knowledge what's going on in that space at the moment. But I just kind of seen a couple of those names that have been linked towards us and some conversations, and I, I think they're gettable, um, but they've got to be gettable at the right price. Well, that's actually that was my point, Nick. And so, I, 
To me, to me, Lacocia's or Rankin won't be gettable at the right price from Gold Coast. Not at all. And if that's the case, you don't get it. But uh, if once you start chasing Victorians and Sydney players, yeah, I do agree with Fiend, you've got to pay overs, but it's got to be the right player. And, yeah, uh, Dawson is a player I pay overs for, but, uh, but Lipinski, I wouldn't. Well, it depends what you think overs is. <clears throat> I mean, I think anything uh, anything would do for a bloke like Hopper or, or Dawson. Uh, I'd blow our first round for either of those two players because yeah. I don't I actually, I don't actually, I, th- I don't actually think there's enough quality at the top end of the draft to justify not paying a top end draft pick for for um, a bloke of that caliber. Um, you know, no, really, really, Jason Horn was the only one that was worth it there. Um, and the rest yeah, is a bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, and look, there will, there will be good players there, Queen, but like you said, um, it is a bit of a crapshoot after that. Horn was a standout. If you got if you got him, well, you know, you'd give up your pick four in an apartment, but you can't get him, of course. Um, but after that, there's no. Body who's nearly a Jason Horn, not on paper anyhow. But mm. then, the, but the, the other players will emerge that turn out to be very, very good. hundred percent. Oh, like from the South Australian crop, we've still got Matty Roberts, we've still got Arlo Draper. There's a couple of others um, that are going to bob up. Um, you know, we've got Isaac, um, Isaac, Isaiah Dudley, uh, who's uh, an NGA prospect who could end up being a, that good small forward that we're looking for. Uh, there's a couple of others, you know. Uh, so there's there's going to be players worthwhile picking up. Uh, but if we're talking about cream, top-end talent, um, silk through the midfield, all the rest of it, um, is, this the, is this the year to be looking for a player like that? I, I actually think this is the year that it is when we've got an emerging midfield. But unfortunately, our midfield isn't emerging because we've got Sloan and now Matt Crouch um, and Keys and Laird in the midfield. Um, so maybe it's next year. Maybe it's next year. And it may well be next year. Um, but they are, they are building up. And when you think about it, they with the players, that, that, that uh, the senior players have, that have already been told they're not getting a contract next year, uh, I mean, they would have been on very good money, those three players. And when you add up their total, there's a lot of money there. We're not. We're no longer paying Jenkins. We're no uh, longer paying Betts a salary. We're no. You know, we're only going to be playing our own players. And oh, I think we're um, so, are we still paying Stengel? I, I thought there was a agreed payout with Stengel. Yeah, I'm not because sure. It, I know he's still on our list, but uh, I wasn't well, sure whether we were paying him or not. I saw an article that said that we'd come to an agreed uh, amount with him, and he was delisted. Uh, okay, maybe it's just on our list until thirty October or whenever it is. I don't know. Yes, um, and then he and then he drops off. Mm, okay. Yep. So anyway, uh, lots to play out. Uh, so much for our one-hour podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But it was an interesting discussion, <laughs> well worth having. Uh, we've got a. We've got five minutes left, so just a couple of people to come on. Animal can come on. Uh, how you going, mate? You're uh, there. How you going, mate? Hey, how are you? Good. 
Just a quick one, mate. Yeah, no, I'll just be quick. I just had a little idea. I just one little side note there. Just on Macca's defence, what about Luco in the Lynch role? Like how do you, like Lucocious doing comedy? Well, two my thoughts, two points on that. Is the Lynch role still relevant? Um and secondly, we've got blokes that can play that role already. Where are you gonna play Braden okay. Cook? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It was just an idea. But anyway, anyway, the, the the thing I was thinking of, I know it's just a bit of a crazy trade idea, right? What about a three-way trade between Arsenal North and GWS? So North gets pick two from GWS and O'Brien and maybe maybe Jones or something like you said. or And then GWS gets our pick four and... Maybe next year's first, something like that, and we get pick one. Because then North still gets the the kid from Victoria. That's not everyone's raging about. Ben Obviously, we know. Yeah. Uh, GWS can use four to, to really look around the country because they're not really thinking about local as much as we are. Um, and then they get a a pretty good pick next year, probably in the top ten, no doubt. I just can't I'm see. Sure. I just can't see North giving away a gilt-edged midfielder. Do you reckon they need a ruckman though? Well, yeah, but how important is a ruckman compared to a gilt-edged midfielder? Um, are you going to? Are you going to? Are you going to drop three places? Callahan's pretty. Callahan's pretty good. Yeah, but are you going to drop three places? Um, well, they're dropping, they're dropping well, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't see them doing it. You're probably right, but I just I just thought. Of, what do you reckon, Mac? Um, look, it, I think if you could pull it off, it would be a very good deal. But I don't think it'll happen, Rabbit. That's the only problem, mate. I think the uh, principle of what you said is excellent. If it if it worked out like that, I'd I'd be all for it. But uh, I think North Melbourne would be very heavily criticised if they passed their pick one on, I think. And so I think they're just going to stick to it like glue. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, Thanks, I think, mate. you know, it, it's so hard, to, you know, a pick one is just so valuable because you, if you get that wrong, whether you really are no good at selecting. And in this case, it's... It's almost just, a pity, like, I like, I like what we got last year in really Brian, but uh, not really O'Brien, Brian, sorry. Um, but you know, it's almost a pity. It was it, there was a couple of kids that could have went in that pick one spot, and unlike this year, there's like a really clear, well, of who's available, there's like a really clear number one. Yeah, and it's almost a pity we didn't land land on one of those years. You know, even like a couple of years ago when it was Sam Walsh or you know, there's been some pretty good number ones out there, but we've kind of come in on a year where it's could have been anyone really, you know? I, I think that if we had any chance to actually pull off a trade with North Melbourne and get, get the bad pick one of them, we blew that uh, in the last game of the year. Well, that's kind of what I thought about the three-way trade because with GWS, you know, pick two, I'm sure they'll take Callahan, but there's some really good kids in WA and that they might want to look at. There's a bunch of kids around the country they can look at with force and 
So why would why would why would GWS bother getting us involved? It's uh, a good point. Yeah, why would they? Why, why, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they, they just, just give go, pick two and a play at North? Why wouldn't they just give pick pick two and uh, you know their second pick to North for pick one, or pick two and a play at North for pick one? They don't need to get us involved in that in that situation. No, you're right. Yeah. So I like where you're thinking, uh, and it's not bad for a drummer. Uh, I got to say, um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to slip that one in. Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> all right, mate. Thanks very much. I'll chuck you back in. Thanks for your support. All right. Well, I think we might have probably done that to death for now, but there's going to be obviously lots to talk about over the uh, weeks uh, post grand final preceding the draft and trade period. Uh, so we all need to put our research hats on in the meantime and make sure we know how many bloody list spots we've got and. All the rest of it, because right now I wouldn't have a bloody clue, right? Well, it is interesting because one, most of the clubs, or a lot of the clubs, have already done a lot of delistings, and uh, we've had you know, not delistings guys not off of uh, contracts in terms of senior blokes that are coming to the end of their career. Whereas, um, yeah, I think we're not really sure. Well, I don't um, think that's true, Mac. Again, I don't think that's true. We didn't do. We 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 I'm left a lot of. Bloody lives tonight. Well, no, not. we we left a lot of our delistings until after the after the trade period last year. No, I'm, that's what exactly what I am saying. No, you said compared a lot of clubs to, have already done their delistings. Compared to other clubs, we do. No, we but, a, but a lot of clubs this year haven't. There hasn't been a hell of a lot of delistings so far this year. Been quite a few things. There's been quite a few. And, um, yeah, I would say that half the clubs have already made the listings. And um, we have We have too. I would say that their dead listings are of the same ilk as ours, players that were absolutely no trade value. Looking at some of the names, I think that Frio put out, Jesus, there's a no-name brand there. Um, That's what I just said. They've got absolutely no value. They're the only ones that would be delisted right now. And, uh, Dabo said we haven't done a review yet. Well, we actually have. All the players have done a, re- a player review. That that was done last week. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They do their exit. They do their exit interviews before the BNF, don't they? Usually. Yep, they yeah, do they that, do. and then they've got the break, and nobody's allowed to talk to them. Yep. Yep, that's right, Nick. Yeah, they do it before the last SNFL game because they'll do the reviews for the SNFL players after that. Yeah. Anyway, and half of our SNFL team are from the Amateur League anyway. All right, I'm cooked. Mickey, Macca, audience. <laughs> yeah, one hour. <laughs> Doubled. <laughs> one hour <laughs> times two. <laughs> It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, I was cooked last week, so we didn't do Tuesday Night Live, but uh, uh, Peter, who's probably uh, already asleep right now because he, um, he was ticking over quite nicely apparently today, uh, will be joining me on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live. Uh, until then, take care, stay safe, and we'll see you later on. Yep, night all. Night all.